Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. All right. Welcome back. We are getting ready to do a dive into some trends that have been going on in the mindfulness industry, and Shelly's going to let us know exactly where people are going wrong. So, Shelly, what is this thing that you're feeling, this seed that's taken root in the industry that needs to be eradicated? (laughs) That's funny. Um, A lot of times I'll ask people before my workshops, do you practice mindfulness? And almost every time somebody will say, oh, yeah, I use the XYZ app, and we fall asleep. And I think to myself, oh, my gosh, that's not mindfulness. I'm glad that it helps you fall asleep because probably maybe, you know, you need help falling asleep. But mindfulness is about cultivating present moment awareness right here, right now, it's really not about falling asleep. There's different kinds of meditation. Like I said, I'm glad people use apps and things like that to fall asleep. One of the most challenging things I think for organizations is to have a speaker or to have somebody who who calls themselves a mindfulness trainer come in and in the first five minutes tells everybody, go ahead and close your eyes and put your hands together or whatever. That can totally alienate a whole bunch of people that think it's weird. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I would think it was weird if somebody came up on stage or in front of a group of people and within five minutes said, close your eyes. Be like, no. Even though, like, at an airport, everybody's falling asleep and drooling. But nonetheless, in your corporate culture, having somebody come in and and have it be weird and and make it be alienating is where there is where I think people go wrong. I believe that mindfulness is an invitation to everybody, and that it should be inclusive and accessible to everyone it shouldn't be weird it shouldn't be woo woo and if you don't like the word meditation call it muscle mental muscle training bicep curls for the brain if you don't like the word call it whatever you want because what you're doing is you are practicing the noticing muscle you notice where your mind is going so that your mind doesn't get to drive you it's like a horse when you ride a horse you want to be the driver of the horse you don't want the horse to take you wherever it wants to go but yet we let our minds take us wherever they want Oh my goodness, you just gave me this image of me on a horse and it's just like bucking around everywhere and I'm clinging on to it for dear life, like at a rodeo or something. We're going through life with our brain being the horse in a rodeo. Oh no, that's exhausting. That's right. That's exhausting. (laughs) 
So if it's it's beyond calm, and so I guess this kind of ties into some of the, the things that you do at your workshops and everything. So it's not just meditation. And, you know, I've got some friends in the mindfulness community besides my new one, you. So I know it's also about, you know, staying present and not letting stress, you know, stress from what happened before or stress from what's about to happen, you know, impact me here in the moment. So when you're working with people in their organizations, you know, what is what's an approach or, or like a tip you could give us or something in terms of being able to find that center? I mean, I, I feel like I'm just, again, with the kids and stuff, I'm just, I feel like I'm all over the place sometimes. I don't, some days I wake up, I don't know which day it is. I don't know which way is up, <laughs> you know. So so what do we do in terms of trying to, to find that, that center and, and to be more mindful even at work, especially if it's not closing your eyes yeah. first five minutes in? <laughs> Yeah, so meditation is the formal practice of mindfulness. Mindfulness is what happens the rest of the time. It's the in practice, right? So mm-hmm. when we talk about it as a practice, nobody ever arrives. You don't get a certificate that says, oh, I'm mindful now. And meditation practice, we practice so that we can be mindful the rest of the time that we're not in meditation, right? Yeah, yeah. The informal practice of meditation to practice mindfulness is not just about getting out of stressful thoughts. We're all distracted at a minimum, even if you're not stressed. A lot of us are distracted and we're on autopilot. We're thinking about the past and it doesn't mean that it's necessarily regret, remorse. It could be fantasizing about something that was awesome, right? Or we, our minds are in the future. So we're planning or we're worrying or we're ruminating about things that have happened. We're just not right here. Even when we're right here, we're arguing with reality sometimes. Like, this can't be happening. This is the worst thing ever, right? Or we make our happiness contingent on something that hasn't happened yet. So those are all the myriad of things that cause us to to suffer and not be present or the shoulds. I shouldn't have ate that. I shouldn't have said that. I should go work out. I shouldn't have said that to my kid. I should be doing this now. All this crazy stuff that happens in our mind. And how do we practice when we're not sitting in the chair meditating? Well, there's lots of things that we can do throughout the day. And those are some of the practices that I invite individuals to now during this quarantine. So Mm -hmm. our phone can be one of the biggest mindfulness tools, believe it or not. And I'm not talking about listening to, to an app. I'm talking about turning off your notifications, Mm -hmm. off your sounds so that when you are on your computer focusing on work, you're not trying to do two things at once because we literally can't. It's also how much more do you need buying for your attention with all these notifications and sounds from your phone. But the other reason that this can be one of the most powerful tools is when you're working from home is doing a 45-15. So 45 minutes of work, 15-minute break, and scheduling that 45-minute timer on your phone but also being intentional about what those breaks include. So if you're going to have a 15-minute break, making it an intentional break. 
so that you don't get distracted by the thing that's trying to pull you away. Maybe you so like go for a walk or something. Yeah, or maybe you want to put your laundry in in that 15 minutes. Maybe mm-hmm. you want to listen to music in that 15 minutes. Maybe you want to go upstairs and see your kids in that 15 minutes. You know, having intentional breaks. The other thing, using your phone to set an alarm or a notification to remind you to stand up, take a few deep breaths, feel your feet on the ground, and get all that congested stress energy to dissipate. I also tell people to shake. Shake shake their legs, shake their heads, and just get that crazy congested energy to settle down because usually when we're stressed or feeling in our chest or in our head and when you shake it out it literally kind of brings it back down Mm -hmm. some people maybe need to take a moment of a compassion break maybe noticing i'm feeling really worried i'm feeling really scared and and doing something self-soothing, whether it's putting a hand on the heart or putting your arms around yourself and saying, this is a moment of, of suffering and that suffering is part of the human experience. And I feel sad. I'm not sad. I'm Shelly. I feel sad. I'm holding a space for this sadness. And what does, what does that sadness need? Do I need to, do I need to go upstairs and hug my kids? Do I need to make a phone call and call a friend? Do I need to write and journal about it? What does, what does that emotion need so that I can, I can actually move on, right? So it's recognizing, it's allowing it. It's not saying this isn't happening. It's saying this is here. I'm acknowledging it. I have space for it. What can I do now? So there's lots of different mind, micro mindfulness practices mm-hmm. implement throughout the day. Mindful eating is a huge one. How often do you eat without being on your phone or having a device on or having the TV on? So for me, that's actually pretty often because I'm trying not to set a bad example for my kids. However, before my husband and I had children, that was different. We, Because it was just us, we would often go and sit and eat and watch TV. So, I mean, that was pretty common occurrence. But now that we have kids, it's like, okay, we're not going to do anything else at the table. We don't have a TV in our dining room or anything like that. But I definitely get that point for sure. Yep, and when you are feeling overworked, if you're working from home, especially like right now, if you're feeling overworked or you're sensing stress, you're entitled to take a break. And when you actually have a mindful meal, being mindful and experiencing the food through your senses, the touch, the smell, the feel, and then actually slowing down to enjoy it, not only can you enjoy your food more, but it can also help from overeating mm-hmm. and settle the mind. It's an act of mindfulness, right? Yes. And and the part where you were talking about leaving space and, and it having space, holding space for our emotions like sadness actually made me think of that cartoon movie, uh, Inside Out. Have you I, seen it? Uh-uh. They personify the emotions of a 12-year-old girl. And there's joy and sadness, anger, disgust, and fear. And the girl goes through a really big change, and 
the sadness emotion starts going a bit haywire, but they keep trying to tell sadness not to touch anything, basically. And then the little girl on the outside, she starts acting out. She decides she's going to move back home because her parents moved to San Francisco. They all move. So she's like, I'm going to leave. And she starts acting out and all this different behavior because she wasn't leaving space or have it holding space for her sadness. She was just trying to stay happy. And that was kind of the point. But whenever I watch that movie with my kids, I always, I always make that point to point it out. Like it was sad, you know, you don't feel good when you feel sad, but it is one of our feelings. Yes. And that's so important. And the other thing is like, if you look at me and I say to you, Ruthie, what do you see? That's you holding your phone. <laughs> Well, what about the chair behind me? What about the drape behind me? What about the rest of the space? And so what, when we think about awareness, we can hold all sorts of things right. in our awareness. We can hold sadness at the same time as joy. We can hold anger at the same time as, you know, we can, we can hold a sense of, of wellness. We, we have plenty of space. Our awareness is unlimited. So we can, we can hold space to something without it being the be all end all of everything. Mm-hmm. The point is, is to acknowledge it and recognize that it's there. But again, not, not being completely consumed by it. So that's what I mean by, you know, holding space for it without it overtaking us. Yeah. I guess I feel like I almost should pay you. You've, you've given such good information. This was wonderful. And, but is there anywhere else where you would prefer people reach out to you? Um, social media, email, anything like that? If any organization or a company wants to talk with me about doing a webinar, then I will, I will curate the content based on whatever your goals for that webinar are in terms of introducing mindfulness into, into your workplace. So, yeah. Okay, that's, so where, that's where can people the, reach you online then? Yep. So I'm very active on LinkedIn and then also <laughs> at ROI mindfulness.com and a little bit on, in, on Instagram, but mostly LinkedIn and, uh, email and and my website. All right. Well, I'll be sure to include links to all of that in the show notes. That way it is easy for people to find you. And of course, once I'm, you know, sharing and everything on social media, I'll be tagging you uh, since these, this episode is all about you. So thank you so much for being on the show. I, it was fantastic. I couldn't have hoped for better. Thank you, Ruthie. It was an honor. Really enjoyed it.